I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name's Shelley. I'm a HR professional and I'm hanging out remotely with my friend Em. Hey, Em. Hey, Shell. Yeah, this is a little bit weird for us. So, I'm Emily and I work with a business called Forsyth's Recruitment HR. And uh, look, I typically specialise in recruitment and customer experience, but I feel like more recently I'm specialising in how to work from home and survive uh, this coronavirus situation that we've all found ourselves in. Yes, and speaking of working from home, that's what we're going to be talking about today. How to work effectively when you're working from home, working remotely, and all of the crazy things that happen as a result of COVID-19. Yes, and I think for some of us, this has been more of a transition than for others. So for me personally, I'm really used to working in a business that totally supports, totally gets, business as usual is remote working. I work on trains, I work in a car, I work on the run um, and in a range of different offices and with a team that doesn't sit next to each other. But I also know that that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. And if if you haven't worked from home before, it can be quite a jarring experience when you first start out, especially going from, say, working full-time in the office to 100% of your time is at home and, and both you and I are pretty uh, introverted people, so we're like enjoying the isolation. The <laughs> it is the dream. I'm, there's no lack for me of social interaction. The phone is running hot. The Zoom meetings are running hot, but oh, I'm kind of loving it. We'll see how long that lasts, but I am loving it. And I think on the flip side for uh, those of us who are extroverted, if that's you, this can be a challenging time and it's obviously a challenging time for everyone Uh, navigating this really complex situation. And so today we're going to talk through eight top tips to work really well from home. So I'm going to kick us off. Tip number one is over-communicate. And Em, I kind of think about when you're working from home, there is obviously that sense of where there's proximity and um, gaps, where you're not in close proximity to those you work with. There's a need to over-communicate and I think when working from home, less is not more (laughs) in the communication space. I agree. Something we've found on reflection, although we are a workforce at Forsyth that is used to not sitting next to each other or not sitting next to the same people all the time, we do rely so much on eavesdropping. Like people come into our business new and we say the best thing you can do is be nosy and eavesdrop and jump into conversations and pay attention to what's going on around you. And we've realised that even though we're over communicating, we've really quickly put a lot of or amplified a lot of the mechanisms that we've got around phone calls and Zoom meetings and emails and Slack and different things, we're still missing the eavesdropping component. So yeah, I think like a water cooler yeah. conversations. Or just hearing someone on the phone because we're in a op- completely open plan office. So uh, I think compensating for that 
is really important. And I guess that's where we want to have, while you're working from home, aim for hyper-connectivity. So you're physically disconnected, but your online presence should be closely connected. So in the mornings, if you use Slack or Teams, make sure you, as the first thing you do is say to your boss or your team, hey, I'm here, how are you going? As you would if you walk into the office and you say hello to your teammates, emulate that while you're working from home. And I think capitalize on uh, Zoom, on FaceTime, whatever it is that you do if you don't have Zoom, there are a number of free platforms out there that you can use to video conference. What we want is to just create that space where, we're f- where we feel connected and we're over communicating so that you're not uh, super isolated, even though you might be in self-isolation. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought about that idea of when you walk into the office in the morning, you say good morning uh, or you maybe get a cup of tea or, or go and grab a coffee. I kind of hadn't thought about that connection of saying, hey, I'm here, I'm ready to go, I'm on for the day. That's it. It's just trying to create some normalcy in the routine because we're obviously, each of us are so heavily affected by this virus and there isn't a lot of normalcy. So how do you build that into the way that you're working? And communication is definitely a big thing when it comes to that. Well, your first phone call of the day, I mean, I'm obsessed with my headphones and they pretty much just stay in my ears all day. You could actually be grabbing your cup of tea in your kitchen while you're making your first phone call to one of your teammates or to your boss. Totally. Like the other day I was having a meeting with one of uh, the guys that I work with on my team and he, we had this lunch meeting and I, it was hilarious because I felt really embarrassed. He was like, he wasn't eating, I was eating my lunch and you know when you're on Zoom and you're actually that little bit closer together and I felt like he could see everything that I was eating. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but just go with it. Let's pretend we're sitting at lunch at work having a normal lunch break except that you can see my food. Or you take a drink of, from your mug and you realise that they can't see your face because it's completely covered by the drink you're totally. taking. I know I'm describing that really oddly, but that's, it's been weird. But wouldn't it be good if you could actually mute? You know how when you one of the, I know people's pet hates with their work colleagues is when they can hear them eating. Oh, wouldn't it yes. be good if you could press the mute button on your colleague when they're eating their lunch next to you? But the good thing is over Zoom, you, you can, can mute people. Totally. And yes, so just okay. a top tip, mute yourself while you're eating your lunch on Zoom. We're just going to, this episode, we're just going to rack up all the reasons why we don't want to go back. <laughs> Why we love yeah. working from home. I yeah. love working from home so much. <sighs> and the only other thing on the communications, so is agree on the comms platform. Often what happens is when you're working from home, people don't know how to contact you. So they email you, they text you, they slack you, they do whatever. Agree on how you're going to communicate. So with my team, we say every morning we say hello via, via Teams, Microsoft Teams, and that's our main preference for communication. And the only other form is obviously Zoom and email. But we try to make sure Teams is our go-to. So try to communicate with your team. What is your preference? What platform do you want to communicate on so that you're not bombarded with all these different channels? And did you have those behaviours and routines in place before you started working from home or? Well, no. Well, I'm mm, short answer is probably no. Okay. So you've had to set that up. When did you start working from home? About a week? About three weeks ago I started working from home. So I have remote, one of my team members works remotely from Brisbane and the rest are uh, locally here in New South Wales. And so what we've done is we said every morning we're going to do the, the Teams thing, say hello, and then we have a daily stand-up. 
So every morning at nine, whoever's available uh, gets on Zoom and we have a stand-up and that's that's how we agreed that we would communicate. We've got probably 50-50 mix of introverts and extroverts. Uh, the extroverts in my team are like, come on, we need to connect. <laughs> and so we just wanted to make sure everyone feels included but also that we agreed on what's our communication strategy. Nice. And you can check back in on that, right? So if a week passes or three weeks pass and you go, okay, we've, we're not used to this, we didn't used to do this a month ago, uh, is it working? Is it actually doing what we thought it would or do we need to tweak some things? Totally. Mm. I think the evaluation is key. My tip, Shell, is create an environment that works for you. For me, I think about my environment. My environment has so much to do with both, whether it was, you know, a month ago or it's more recently in this new world that we're all uh, contending with. And it's the obvious things like having a clean desk, like having a chair that you're comfortable in, But I also, for all the information that's out there around what from a safety point of view or, you know, we've done a study and this is how people work best from home point of view, for me personally, it's just what works for you. So often I'll read things that will say, find a space in your house that's out of the way. Find a space where you can close the door, where it's just your workspace, you go to work and then you leave work. But I am here to challenge that a little bit and just give permission to do what works for you. And the reason for that is that personally for me, I like being at my dining room table. I just enjoy that space in my house means that I can have air flowing through. It's a bigger space. I've absolutely got a room with a desk in it that I could go and I could close the door and that could be me walking into the office or walking out of the office. But I feel so much less inspired in there. I feel so trapped. I feel like I end up just wanting to procrastinate and walk out of there, see what's happening in the room. So when I talk about creating an environment that works for you, this is um, for me, you know, just be a bit intuitive about it. So, Em, do you find when you're at your – do you move around in the day based on the work that you're doing or are you pretty much planted on your dining table for the whole day that you're working from home? It – has actually just started to change. Even just over the weekend, I've been doing a couple of little things. I probably shouldn't admit that, but I have. And, you know, we'll talk today about how routines change uh, when you're working from home. And I found I had days earlier in the week where I was just planted in the one space, but I've started to move that around a little bit and just sit on my lounge for some Zoom calls because I really just needed to move and and have a different perspective physically. The other thing though that I've always done all week, I'm really used to walking around when I'm talking on the phone. So what's been quite cool is being able to just grab my house keys, the headphones are already in and walk out the front door and I've just been doing laps of the block while I'm talking on the phone and that's been awesome. Getting some fresh air. Good to get some vitamin D. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I love that. I think finding the right environment is really key to getting focused as well. So what's the zone that you're able to get focused in versus that you might have different spaces in your house where you can have focused, deep work time versus creative time where you can maybe think outside the box. That might be outside. It might be like you said, and walking around, but get get, trial and error a bit with it. Test and learn to find what works for you. I think that's what I've been doing. And the other thing that I have put in place for myself, particularly because I am using my whole house and not just locking myself away in one room is I've been working really hard to make sure that I keep my whole house really tidy. So not having a messy kitchen, not having things all over the dining table if I'm using that. 
And I'm pretty good at that normally anyway, so it's not been too difficult, but I guess my uh, reason has so – I've got another reason to do that and that's actually all to do with not cluttering my mind, not having a cluttered space and therefore not having a cluttered mind. Yeah, that's so true about how your mind does get cluttered when you look around the house and you see all the mess. Oh, you just feel overwhelmed or like a slob, to be honest. <laughs> I um, What I've been trying to do is – because like on my kitchen table where I do it, my work at the dining table as well, there's like wheat vix from Sunny's Food and wheat vix tends to like cement. <laughs> and so just making sure the night before I try to make sure everything I've cleaned and set myself up so that the morning um, is a win. Yeah. And then making sure that concrete wheat, that wheat vix doesn't turn to concrete. Yeah. Getting rid of it, making sure the desk is clean. It's actually so good for the mind. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I highly recommend. But look, just totally read all these things online that tell you to have this kind of desk and this kind of space and whatnot. But at the end of the day, just make it work for you. All right. Thanks, M. So point number three is schedule your day. This is a biggie. I think self-accountability is really important. Obviously, is much more important when you're working from home. Some people, in order to work... Um, effectively, they do work more effectively when the team is around them to help them build that motivation. When you're at home, it can be a little bit harder and I think it is easier to procrastinate. So the way I set my day up is I book myself appointments as if I was going into meetings and obviously there are meetings in the day with people, but the time that's not in meetings, I make sure they're scheduled in my calendar so it looks full so I know what I'm doing, what I need to achieve when throughout the day so I the other thing I do to make sure that my day is scheduled and focused is I've actually blocked all social apps on my phone during the day wow yes so I don't find when I'm in the office because I'm usually in meetings a lot of the time I don't actually check my phone anywhere near as much but I've noticed in the first week of working from home that number of times I touched my phone because you know how you get that report or that update or with Apple you do yes that says how much you're using your phone I f- saw my percentage of that go up quite a lot so what I did was I blocked all the social sites during the day and so I only allow myself 10 minutes between work hours to actually go on online and that way um, I'm able to get into that focus zone and make sure that I'm delivering value and, um, and getting the work that I need to get done, done. So yeah, just to avoid procrastinating, I think it's really important that we schedule our day and that we also make sure we limit any distractions. So for me, social sites are that, but it could be other things. It's like you mentioned, the clean house and... Netflix. Netflix, yeah. And create your own level of accountability. So if so your boss isn't there to create it for you, so you need to be self-accountable and motivated for getting the work done. What I do the day before is I just set all the actions that I want to achieve the following day. So I know when I walk in when I start my day in the morning, I've got the list of everything that I need to achieve that day, and so that helps me to get in that focus zone. Does that go to plan? Um, I've actually found since I've been working from home, it's much more achievable. Wow. I would do that when I was in the office and I I don't I'm not having anywhere near as many interruptions what now that I'm at home compared to what was happening when I was in the office. Excellent. What awesome. about you? Are you fine cuz you how do you do your list? My world is reasonably unpredictable. So, I use the same strategy as you around booking my work as appointments in my calendar and I've used that 
for a long time. What I find though is that it's always moving. But once something's in there, I then, if I move it, it gets moved to the next appropriate time because something else has sort of trumped it from a priorities point of view. So it does work really well for me. Uh, but I do find that it I'm getting phone calls often that do change my priorities. Yeah. So it is always moving. And it's a bit like that at the moment because it's quite chaotic, obviously, in you're leading out a lot of in your business the internal process for addressing COVID. Yes. And so that lots lots of stuff is in the reactionary reactionary phase. I think we're going to come through this reactionary phase fairly soon and businesses will start getting more proactive. Yeah, moving from the defensive to the offensive is something I'm looking forward to. And so, look, that, as I say, that's a strategy I've had in place for a long time. It really works for me and it works with the flow and rhythm of the role that I do. Absolutely, everything is just enhanced at the moment and it's all a little bit insane So I'm finding though that strategy is still really good. It means also that I've got deadlines and things in there that I know I can't move. So I just see everything in the one place. I know what time things are going to take and same strategy as you, just being able to have a look at my day ahead of the day and go, right, what am I in for? If, if the phone was not to ring or the email was not to come up changing this, what am I in for? And then that helps me have clarity. And if the phone rings or when the email comes through and it changes it, that's fine. I can just look in. A, it's, I've still got my thoughts organized, which totally. is massive. And creating margin for the urgent unexpected. Yes, is absolutely. Really key. So in your day, how do you, how do you create that? Because at the moment, there's lots of urgent and unexpected things happening in the world. Yes. So maybe don't book out the whole day, have like little gaps or have 70% of your day booked out knowing that you know your role. So what is it? Is it 30% at the moment roughly that will usually come up unexpected? You can fit that in. Totally. So number three is schedule your day. What's next, Em? So number four that I've got here is uh, similar uh, in that I'd encourage you to schedule it. And this is all about the breaks. So this is about making sure that you're not getting stuck on the treadmill, you're not in the trap of just continuing to work and that you are actually consciously making sure that you are taking some time out. There's um, a couple of things you can do around obviously taking a lunch break, but you've also perhaps got the the chance here to look at how your life works for you when you don't have to travel anywhere, when you aren't going to the gym to work out, you're maybe doing something at home or going for a walk instead. And so all of a sudden you've actually got this clean, clean slate rather of a day to build for you. Now, for some people, you might be also considering other factors like housemates, partners and, and kids that you weren't before in the same way. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But when you're looking at your whole day, where are your breaks? Because they're non-negotiable. What uh, What are you, because you have a very, compared to me, a very structured workout routine. Yeah. Because mine's like zero. <laughs> zero structure. Zero structure zero. and zero workouts. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Um, what, are you, what are you doing now that you're not going to the gym? How do you, and how do you feel? I, I feel good because my gym has been awesome. They, like the rest of us, have turned something around overnight to basically say we're still here. We've still got routine. We've still got structure for you. And so they're using Zoom. So I think okay, like the cool. rest of us and every other business, uh, they've quickly created a Zoom membership if they didn't already have one. And so that has been wonderful. It's um, 
yeah, I couldn't be more impressed with how they've done that and how well and communicative they've been. For me personally, I guess in my space, what I've also done is set up my garage. So I'm really lucky to have a space there in the garage where I've actually got the room to make that my gym. And so when I'm doing my sesh, I can actually have the laptop open, um, have the guys on Zoom, they're coaching all my other um, mates are there and it was quite funny actually to still get up, be going to the gym in inverted commas to actually do all of the things I would normally do to get ready, put my shoes on, walk into my garage and I was there and I don't really hang out in my garage otherwise so it really does feel like I'm going somewhere but it's only a, the difference between stepping from my garage to my hallway rather than getting in the car. There you go. Well, I'm, I'm really impressed by your continued commitment. Yeah, thank you. I, um, I won't put it on Instagram. But. Yeah, because <laughs> seriously, I've been overloaded with everyone's workout videos online. If I could have a lot less of that in my life, I'd be much happier. My, the only sessions or sessions you say I've been doing is Zoom wine times. Oh, yeah, I've built that in too. Yeah. Don't you worry. Zoom wine. That's, that's the only time of session that I'll be doing. Thank you very much. Yep. But um, okay, so M, it's all about the breaks. It really is. And again, my uh, thinking here is make it work for you. Whether you end up with a few breaks in your day, you end up with a nice solid lunch break, you follow a pattern that's similar to what you had before or you change it because you've now got this luxury of being able to use your commute time, make sure it's scheduled in and it's prioritised. Good one. So my number five is find a child partner housemate free zone or free time. So this is tricky and I, really I wouldn't know. Yeah. I have, it's so easy. I have no kids. I, I live alone. Um, so this has actually been really easy for me. But tell me what's so hard yeah, about it. Yeah, so it is. It's, um, it's a whole new world mm. with, with schools closing, daycare centres, like not sending your kids to daycare. I've, I've found um, this obviously really challenging, like I'm sure so many parents have, as well as people who house share, flat share, who are trying to find the prime location in their house, which is obviously hot real estate. Mm. So I guess my thing with this is during your day, you need to get really intentional about finding time where you are child, partner, housemate free. So that doesn't that's not going to be the whole day anymore because schools are closed. We've got kids. I like, like live in this 80 square meter house that is like filled with toys And when Sunny is here, it's just loose and wild. And I know that in order to do the high value work um, that my job is paying me for, I have to find time to do that solo. And so I want to make sure that there's a space where I'm able to close the door and have 90 minutes of uninterrupted time. Now, for some people that may not be um, as easy as it is when you only have one kid, but what does that look like in your day? Because that could look like between 5am and 6.30, you get up before kids wake up and have uninterrupted time where you can do that deep work. Or it could look like 8pm at night till 10.30 or whatever, where you actually get, you change and vary your work day so that you can do the work that's most important. Because the risk in this situation is, and that all of a sudden we just do shallow, low value work because we've got 
an environment that's not conducive to productive work. And that to me is a concern. And so I think, yeah, like I'm not sure about your perspective on that or what you've seen at your work even. Well, I've been hearing, as I say, my situation is very different to that in that I do have the luxury of having a choice of space, not having those other people to consider. But I have been having a lot of conversations with different people just out of curiosity or because they're a part of my team about what's working for them. And we've been the whole business working from home for the past week. So we're only a week in. What I've found is it's really been that trial and error. And it's been about, okay, we tried this. Uh, Actually, I was having a conversation with one of the people in my team. She works Monday, Tuesday and Thursdays. And on the Tuesday morning, I had a quick Zoom call with her. How'd you go yesterday? Um, and, And basically she said, it was good. I think we're going to need to change the way we work around here a little bit. And so all of a sudden it's almost like your colleagues are your family members and you're working out how to uh, exist with them while they're trying to go about their day. Like you've already worked out in the workplace around your actual colleagues. And she said a few things around, you know, I set myself up uh, at the dining table. I thought that would be okay. Keep a bit of an eye on the kids. Uh, She's got two under four. And, you know, we'd be able to sort of coexist and, and get through things. But no, today I think I'm going to be in, in the spare room. I've got a desk in here and I'll set yeah. myself up and we've put some a bit of a schedule together with my husband. And so she just talked through some of those things. It was early on day two. So for her, I think it was another, let's give this a go. Let's see where we end up at the end of today and if this works better. And if not, let's try something else again. So I'm really encouraging, I guess, from my perspective of just trial and error for a little while till you make it work that's it and I think having the conversations with family members is really important to to do the shared care stuff so it might be well uh, you agree that on Mondays you're going to have more shallow work time and be more engaged with kids at home and then Tuesdays you have more space for that deep work because the partner spouse whoever grandparent is helping now And then communicate that back to your boss and your team. So, hey, I know normally this is what you experience of me Monday, Tuesday, Thursday when I'm at work, but we've need I've needed to rejig it with my husband or with my wife or with my housemate. So, is this okay if you can more easily get in touch with me in the mornings than the afternoons or whatever it might be? Totally, that communication back is really key. And I think going back to your work deserves time in your day of uninterrupted attention just like your family deserves time in your day of uninterrupted attention so I think trying to find the balance trying to find and balance is such a crazy thing to even it's impossible at the moment it's mess it's crazy it's all gray but really I would encourage you to pursue at least 90 minutes but I'd say two blocks of 90 minutes a day of uninterrupted time Make your day longer if that's what it is. Have breaks in between that are longer. Split shifts, I don't know. But try to pursue that at all. I don't know. Just go for it. Yeah, Figure and it then, out. Well, but also play the role in whether it's your housemate or your partner, respecting their time. So when you have created that schedule, it's just really respecting that that's there for a reason. So Definitely. We can only do what we can do. Yep. So that's my point M. What, what's up next? All right. So the next one similar vein perhaps and we'll talk to this in a couple of different ways but 
this idea that you need to set boundaries is the next recommendation that I would make. We've talked about the physical boundaries and, and making that environment work for you. We've just now talked about the boundaries that you set with the people who you live with. In, uh, I guess, as we go through this episode, we'll talk about some other boundaries or some other triggers that you might have in place around what you're wearing. For me, there's a little bit more to it though. So, I am, as I said, set up on my dining table and it was a little bit confronting. I'm used to having my laptop wherever I go, but it was a little bit confronting when I took home the monitor, the dock, the keyboard, the mouse, and all of a sudden this stuff is all on my dining table. And I did challenge my own thinking because it's sitting right there next to my living space, next to where I might chill and read a book or watch Netflix or whatever it might be on my lounge. And I thought, it's okay. I will see how I go and I'll see how that impacts me having that sitting there the whole time. So far, so good. But what it's also meant is that I've put a couple of other uh, things in place and boundaries in place that are around putting my laptop away. So for example, sure, the monitor and everything's sitting out there, but that for me is not really the machine. That's not really what's actually signaling work. It's my laptop that signals work. So being able to pack that away, it's turned off, it's out of sight. That's enough for me. And that's a boundary that I need and that I'm putting in place for myself. I think it's so hard to stick to the boundaries. I found that actually one of the biggest challenges. Your social media ones are good boundary though I don't I mean it might be because I'm not heaps I don't love social media so it's probably I find the laptop thing really hard and like I could just because when you and when you're bored as well like when we're sitting inside Mm. all day the temptation is I'll just keep working yeah yeah especially if the weather's no good which in some places that's been the case over the past week or two yeah and it's like I think it's keeping in mind that what's that um the law of diminishing returns like the I've had to put some those boundaries I think are really important because if you just keep working all night you work till you know 11 at night or whatever and then you're back on again at like six the next morning or whatever it is Mm. that people are working yeah I think your value starts to drop anyway what you're actually delivering I agree and different boundaries are going to work for different people uh you know that's a theme that I've echoed this whole conversation for for other people where you used to have you're used to having rather this commute which is your transition from work to home and you know that and that's what signals okay I'm taking off one hat and putting on the next you might not well you probably don't have that in any way anymore uh, unless you're going into a sort of an office space or a spare room in your house but you might instead put some boundaries around the times. So it might be particularly, again, we're talking about scheduling in housemates and scheduling in partners. But even if you live alone, actually having the time that you clock on and the time that you clock off and then communicating that with your team, communicating with that with your boss and holding yourself to that discipline, setting an alarm perhaps that says, I know you're still finishing that email, but as soon as you finish that email, time, yeah. to, time to head home. Yeah. And that's the word, key word, discipline. It's mm-hmm. definitely a discipline. We never said any of this was easy. <laughs> no. But no. boundaries are extremely important. So have a think about what they need to look like for you. So here's my personal boundary. Say no to trackies. Uh-huh. Is this your next tip as well? Yeah, this is my next okay. tip. No trackies. Now, I think this is controversial because I feel like lots of people are loving like they're in like, they're like, oh yeah, I'm in my pajamas today. I'm like, I'm in my trackies today. No, no, no. I do not like the trackies at all. And here's why. I think when you're working, 
there are triggers you send to your brain to go, I'm in work mode, I'm in the zone, I'm in flow. And I don't think anyone needs to be wearing corporate attire while they're working from home. I was about to ask, so are you getting in no, shoes no. and corporate? No blazers, no, okay. no heels. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I think we need to do is send signals to our body, to our mind that I'm in, I'm in work mode now. And so I don't wear clothes that I would wear on a Netflix binge. And so trackies would be that. I'd be in trackies, like ugly bed socks. So I wouldn't wear clothes that I would wear, say, on a Netflix binge. I would try to make sure that I'm just sending those signals to my body, to my mind, that I'm in work mode now. And I think there's an importance of the routine. You're creating an element of routine in a time where it feels like there is no routine. Well, you might be able to get away with it for a couple of days being comfy. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you consider this to be there is no end date right now. Yeah. We, we're not sure how long we'll be in this situation. And so it's a slippery slope. So yes. I can see how having that routine is really important over the long period, if nothing else. I'm also wondering, you know, these triggers to your own brain, there could also be some triggers to the people around you as well. I'm not sure Sunny is old enough to (laughs) recognise that um, what mum wears is, you know, what she's doing right now. But there would be other people in your household who could see that and go, okay, not going to interrupt that person right now because they're not wearing their Netflix binge outfit. That's it. It's not Netflix and chill time. I think getting into that creating routine, obviously you still do, you're not necessarily going to put your makeup on every day. I'm, that is one of the things I am loving so much. So uh, before day one, I very quickly found the automatically touch up my appearance setting on Zoom. Seriously. Hot tip. That, that should is, actually be a that tip should in be, That should be the only tip for this. <laughs> I need to learn how to do that. Yeah, so easy. Can you just send me the, how to do that? Yeah, I'll send you a little screenshot. But uh, it's under settings, under video and little tick box. And you can see the difference. I mean, a little bit of airbrushing never hurt. Never hurt Just anyone. soften the edges, you know. <laughs> uh, not wearing makeup is the best thing ever. And so I'm not letting you take that away from me. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so I just think like still be chill it's still like casual Friday but you have those routine moments in the day you obviously get up you have your shower you brush your teeth you might still do your hair you don't have to do your makeup yes woohoo best thing ever but sending those signals to your mind that are, I'm in work mode now I'm in focus mode is really has been really important for me because mm, for the record I do still do all of those things it's so you only the makeup bit that I'm letting myself go on so you're still brushing your teeth <laughs> I'm still brushing my teeth still combing my hair good one yeah yeah I'm glad about that yeah and you're still going to the gym in your garage so yeah. life is good exactly. all right hey we are down to our final tip Em take it away oh last one all right this is a bit of a different one Perhaps to all of the others, the first seven. This one. But the most important. The most important, yes. Uh, This is not only important for right now, this is important for the medium to long term when we all start to try and transition back. And this is to embrace these new ways of working. So the tip that we have for you is to embrace new ways of working and that is because we will all transition back out of this and the world of work is going to look very different. We won't simply go, businesses, employers will not simply go, oh, that whole corona thing's over now. So let's all just go back to exactly how we were. Businesses are already learning so many 
new lessons and they are achieving so many things overnight that were on their to-do list for six months, 12 months, two years, that this is fundamentally going to change what they expect of the people who are a part of the team. And we urge you to think about that, to keep adding value and to check your attitude, even during these times that are really confronting and testing. Yeah, I think that's what you said there about keeping adding value. To me, the risk with working from home is that the level of productivity drops considerably. And so get really intentional about how you keep adding value. Find ways to innovate, find ways to do things differently. Get really clear on what are the objectives you need to deliver each week in your role and go hard after those things because I guess the temptation for businesses and something that I think a lot of people are probably concerned about is that on the other side of this, businesses may see that they can still operate well and effectively with only 50% of the productivity that they had before. And so for each person listening, I would encourage you to find those ways to add value so that on the other side of this crisis, the business can see you and go, they're a key talent. Because I am concerned, Em, that what does this mean for jobs going forward? Like businesses will look at their workforce. Without a doubt. We're spending a lot of time at the moment focusing on transitioning into a working from home, isolated, socially distanced environment. The transition back will not be a transition back. It will be a transition forward and it will be new again. That's it. Like we are not going back. And not only will businesses realise, well, hey, we've had people at home and arguably therefore we know we just we know that the productivity would have been lacking in comparison to what it was prior, possibly because of technology, possibly because of those other things we're contending with around illness or school other, closures. Yep, school yeah. closures, um, having other people in the household, whatever it might be, we might never know exactly. But all of these things in the melting pot mean that the business's productivity will have taken a hit. But hey, we actually survived and we're still doing pretty well. So what does that tell us? It means that we can be okay with, with um, I guess, less people potentially. Yeah. The other thing that I am watching happen already is that there is that fast tracking of efficiencies where sometimes technology is not quite where we need it to be overnight but in other cases I'm seeing multiple examples of it actually really stepping up and things are efficiencies are being implemented using technology that wouldn't have otherwise happened at this pace so we will come into I guess the next phase where we're rebuilding and we're recovering and we're all coming out of our homes and we will have access to other efficiencies that will change what we do and what businesses need from us. Definitely. It's, it's, we're seeing such big changes when it comes to consumer behaviour and, and human behaviour generally. Like on the My Millennial Money Facebook community, we, re- we just ran a survey over the uh, last couple of days around the spending habits and savings that people are having as a result of working from home. And it was really interesting, Em, the findings from that showed that between 69% of respondents had saved between $50 to $150 per week Yeah, right. as a result of working from home. Wow. And I think that shows us consumer behaviour is obviously dramatically changing as a result of working from home. And likewise, organisational behaviour 
will change just as dramatically as a result of COVID-19. It already is. It already is. And so embrace new ways of working, whatever that means. Keep your attitude like just the best. That's The attitude is the piece that will make you stand out at the end of all of this. Absolutely, you need to still be hitting the the mark as far as the performance in your role um, with regards to the objectives that you need to meet, the deadlines you need to meet, the tasks you have to do. But if you can be adding value, you can be contributing in a way that is forward-looking and says, I am here and I am a part of this and I want the best for this business for myself right now, but I also can see that this is never going to back to what yeah. it was and, and I'm totally on board and let's do this thing, that's going to make you more attractive in the future as further changes happen. And it's just future-proofing your career. Totally. All of us right now are in positions where it, there's it's hard like it's and it's anxiety-inducing and there's so much unknown. So as you embrace those new ways of working, you are future-proofing your career and we will come out on the other side of this and be better off. I, mm-hmm. I'm really confident of that. I just think, though, as we navigate this tricky time of grey, find the opportunities to add value. Yep. And businesses are doing the same. If you do the same as an individual, we will be stronger. If businesses don't do that and you don't do that as an individual, then you might get left behind. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So please do embrace those new ways of working and uh, we will all be fine. Totally. Hey, so that's it from us. Uh, Remote working top tips from Em and I. Cool. Well, hey, we're going to be looking at some more related content coming up. So look out and make sure you subscribe. And if you're an Apple listener, please give us a five-star review. Appreciate you doing that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Shell. It was good seeing you. Good seeing you online. I'll talk to you again soon. See ya. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.